tuning you in now to the all-new LBX Daily Show. Brought to you by the LBX Collective. Your community to connect, engage, and inspire. Now, let's get ready to roll with your hosts, Christine Buer and Brandon Wiley. All right. Hey, everyone. Another week. Yeah, I know. Another weekend over. Gosh, they go so quickly. (laughs) But I I think uh, both of us actually got up to some fun this weekend, didn't we? Yeah, I did. Did. Um, I mean, besides getting to watch my son in his theater performances on Sunday, we we drove out for an hour away from our house in Phoenix out to kind of central Arizona. And we went to Lake Pleasant, which is one of the, I think it might be the largest or one of the largest lakes in, in Arizona. Um, but anyway, it's, uh, we've got to experience this thing. It's, it's by Weebit and it was called Paqua Park was the name of it. But the, the actual attraction is made by Weebit, uh, or Wibbit, whatever it is. Um, and, uh, it was pretty cool. So you basically swim out into the lake and they have this floating, like little ninja course, basically inflatable ninja course. And, uh, you know, you just basically swim out there. They had three different sessions. They're 45 minute sessions, 25 bucks a person. And so we did, uh, you know, we did one of the sessions in uh, Sunday afternoon and then had some good food out in the dock, but, um, but yeah, it was a, it was a lot of fun. And, uh, it's like, when you think about the type of attraction, it, I don't know what, I don't know what Wibbit costs, um, you, know, you can go to wibbitsports.com and check it out. I don't know what they cost, um, but I just felt like it was a pretty low hanging, easy. T- I mean, other than like leasing some space on the lake, they, their office was a houseboat that was docked. They had some dock space and then that's it. And some like life vests. And then they just Velcro these yeah. things together, fill them up with air, like super, super simple, but a lot of fun. So it was, it was a yeah. blast. Yeah. It looks like a lot of fun. I wish I was there. That would have been totally awesome especially with the heat you guys are still having at this time of year it's nuts oh my gosh i don't i mean i made national news here like so this was our 54th day on sunday of over 110 degrees so it was 111 on sunday when we were out there swimming around in the lake so yeah and that's uh yeah it's uh so anyway glad to be under 110 now for hopefully what is the rest of the year but yes so i've been teaching myself fahrenheit so it was 70 degrees fahrenheit here yesterday which equates to about 21, 22 degrees Celsius, which was perfect. It was beautiful yesterday. And so um, we decided that we were going to do a little bike ride. So we we, we rode, um, it's the 1A highway. It's called from Banff in um, Alberta all the way to Lake Louise. We didn't quite get there. We had a chain break halfway down, which was unfortunate. Um, But I just wanted to share this beautiful picture with everyone. Like it was so gorgeous yesterday. The weather was amazing. Um, This was the picture from the side of the road. Like it it is truly, this is actually how it looks. I'm I'm amazed at how well my camera actually took this picture, but the, the lakes were beautiful. It was just a sunny day. It was awesome. And not only that, like I felt like I was um, having my own wildlife experience because I drove by like on my mountain bike, not my mountain bike, my road bike. I, I rode by a black bear and he was literally 10 feet away from me. Now you have to appreciate, like, it's not scary black bear. It's just that these bears are all over that area. And I could see he'd been tagged. So natural the wildlife was actually looking at him. And it's like, they're used to having people around, but we had black bears. We saw two moose and we saw a bunch of um, rams with the, like the big, big, the big horn sheep. Yeah. yeah it was so cool. So yeah, That's super awesome. fun That's experience. Beautiful. Mm-hmm. I'd love to be the train conductor who oh. drives that train past that view. That's just um, unbelievable. So yeah, and amazing. There is actually a train that runs from Banff to Vancouver, and you can choose which way you go. The Rocky Mountain Railway, I believe it is. It's amazing. Um, but oh, to get that oh kind of God. experience in, 
Yeah. Yeah. It's uh, it's gorgeous. So, and 70 degrees, it's not even that we won't even see 70 degree lows until maybe the end of this, uh, end of this month as our low. So as your low, um, yeah, as our low. So anyway, very, very jealous of that weather, especially after this last weekend, but, um, (laughs) all right. Well, so another place where it's also very cool is up in Northeastern UK on Northeastern England, um, Darlington, there's a new place that's opening up we don't know when they've kept it very mysterious, mm-hmm. but in early 2024, it's called Wacky Social. It's a golf, mini golf, uh, you know, because it's like wacky golf, goofy golf. Um, I think they call it wacky golf in uh, in the UK um, and arcade and bar. So pretty straightforward mini golf place with an arcade and a bar. So nothing special necessarily about their venue. But what I really liked was their marketing. So they've already started marketing, you know, let's call it six months in advance and they're doing social marketing. They're keeping everything a mystery. They haven't announced where it's going to open, although the construction is clearly already being done on the venue. And they obviously haven't op- announced when it's going to open. Um, but then they're posting things, you know, like, for example, giving giving a you know, vision into what one of their holes is going to look like with obviously like Willy Wonka and Wonka being a big thing in the UK, especially. Um, and so I've got a Wonka hole. Uh, and then they, they've got this uh, there's a boxing mm-hmm. ring themed hole and they did the social media thing. And then they also a picture on Facebook and they posted with it and said, when setting up a golf course, you've got to buy some weird props. Who's going to take the first selfie with our six foot Mike Tyson boxing ring themed hole is going to be a knockout. And what I, again, what I loved about what they're doing is they're getting people excited. They're building anticipation, building a little bit of mystery about their place. Clearly it's going to be wacky. It's going to be fun. Um, and I think so many venues when they're opening, do not do enough marketing in general, let alone like all building the right social media marketing and doing it so far in advance that you've got so much anticipation and uh, you know, building when, when you're ready to finally open. Yeah, I think people don't put enough towards that budget. Um, I'm, I'm aware of a brand <laughs> that does put quite a bit of money. They they allocate about thirty to fifty thousand dollars for their grand opening budget, and it's the brand you know that has the lineups out the door that are constantly there and ready for a first day of opening. And you want to take advantage of that, right? You, you just got to get that flywheel going, get the momentum going, and get people knowing about you. And what a, there's no better opportunity when you first open to actually have that happen. Yep, yep, and building that into your budget like your actual capital expenditure budget when you're ready, you know, before you're even open, it's one thing to to align, you know, 3% or 5% of your revenue towards marketing on an ongoing basis, but making sure you've got that. And not that you just have that budget for your big grand opening, but, but dripping, there's no cost to that social media stuff other than somebody's time and creativity. And, and so doing some of that stuff early just builds that buzz and builds that anticipation. Yeah. And not only that, like there's so many AI tools that you can use now to take advantage of like copying and creating images and like posting automatically that it just becomes even cheaper, right? If, as long as yeah. you can put the effort into actually setting it up properly. So. Yep. Yep. And thinking about it ahead of time. I mean, I'll be honest, like, like I wouldn't think of just taking a picture of Mike Tyson and thinking, oh, I should post yeah. this on social with some really wacky, you know, some really kind of, you know, witty thing. Like that's not what I normally would think of. So having somebody who's creative around and thinking about those opportunities to do that is also valuable. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I really liked their logo too. I thought it was simple, a nice, simple design. The only yeah. thing I was wondering about it is it too similar to Putt Shack? You know, like it's Putt Shack is really to me that colorful, glowing lights. It's all about their mini golf. And are they kind yeah. of stealing a little bit from that branch? Should they be something different? Will people confuse it? Maybe that's good for them too, right? Maybe that maybe that yeah, was the idea. 
Maybe I do, I do. Does like when I was looking at the the Wonka Vision thing, which I've just put up here, um, you know, the the image, like it looks like almost has like a black light mini golf feel to it. Like it looks yeah. like some of this paint is like black light paint. So that tells me that's probably going to be a little bit more like classical mini golf versus the the putt shack, like heavily mm-hmm. mechanized and, and sure. electronic. But but you're right, the the logo certainly smacks of that uh, that feel. They talk about like, having great cocktails and stuff, so like an elevated food and beverage experience for the mini golf too, which is definitely putt shack esque, right? Yeah. Yeah, for sure. For sure. So oh, very interesting. Very yeah. interesting. All right. So do you know other interesting things to me <laughs> or when things go viral, like just immediately, yeah. I always think, oh my God, it's great. What have these guys done to elevate it? And, you know, YouTube's uh, done its fair share of that over the last few years. It's really done a good job of uncovering unsigned artists and taking them to number one really quickly. Like um, there was an example of, oh, the lead singer of Journey, he was found on YouTube, the new one, Arnold Panetta. Uh, Lisa Loeb, one of her hits went number one on YouTube, Macklemore and Ryan Lewis. Well, it's happened again, and I feel like we missed this, but, you know, if we kind of go dial back a few weeks, have you heard of the country singer Oliver Anthony is my question, because this guy, oh my gosh, he's came out with this song called Rich Men North of Richmond, and it's kind of an anthem for the everyday, uh, everyday uh, working person, man. working man. Yeah, that's right. Um, This song hit yeah, let's pull it up. This song hit number one on Billboard charts. Okay, come on here, Anthony. There we go. And I mean, <laughs> you just have to take a look at him with the red beard and the face and like the twanging guitar. The song is actually pretty cool. Um, I'm going to just see. Let's pull it up. Let's pull this song up and we'll play you guys a little bit of this song here. Yeah, his voice is just that perfect Appalachian, um, you know, folk bluegrass. What the so. world's gotten to? People like me, people like you, wish I could just wake up and it not be true, but it is, oh it is, living in the new world, with an old soul, with rich men, north or rich men, Lord knows it all, just wanna have total control, wanna know what you think. Wanna know what you do, and they don't think you know, but I know that you do. Cause your dollar ain't shit, and it's taxed to no end. Cause a rich man, cause a rich man. Anyway, by the way, I love, I love that like his setting too. Like, I know. He's got the blind in the back, the hunting blind. He's got the dogs and the camping chair around him. Like obviously, it's well staged. So um, no, but, um, as a matter of fact, he's just recording that on the plot of land that he owns in where he, where he's from, and it's literally his backyard that he's actually recording this stuff in. Isn't that nuts? Yeah. Um, so I mean, I I just find him so fascinating. He he said that he hoped this song would capture the voice of the blue collared workers who feel they can't get ahead and provide hope for those who've lost hope in the grind trying to get by. Right. And I mean, some of his lyrics. Let's just read a few of these. Um. Well, I've been selling my soul, working all day, overtime hours for bullshit pay. It's a damn shame that the world's gotten to for people like you and for people like uh, for people like me and people like you. And then he can get the even a little bit more political with, but God, if you're five foot three and you're 300 pounds, taxes ought to not to pay for your bag of fudge rounds. Young men are putting themselves six feet in the ground cause all this damn country does is keep on kicking them down. So, I mean, we know he's become very political. Um, both, both parties in the U S have, Talked about him. Yeah. 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 I would, I would argue that he has not become political, that his song has become politicized 
and people on both sides of the aisle have have leveraged his song to to drive home their points and like want to mm-hmm. claim him as their own, even though like he really lambasts both sides, uh, you know, both both political parties, and he's kind of just like a everyday man who's just trying to get along, and like this is the stuff that he's he's just writing, he's just like you know, a dude who's just writing about the stuff that's pissed him off, um, and I think totally. that's. Uh, um, so it's interesting. It's gone viral. Obviously, I can see why lyrically, um, and obviously, he's just he's he sounds amazing too. Um, mm-hmm. But it's mm-hmm. it's too bad that his song has become so politicized as well. It is. It is unfortunate, I mean, right? Um, probably yeah. probably good for his royalties, but probably not but not good for for yeah. you know him being tied you know in between. So yeah, I'm curious now. So where does he go now? So is he going to sign yeah. with a record label or will he stay independent? You know, what, what's going to happen? Yeah. But yeah. Um, yeah, he's true. he's definitely catchy, right? That red hair, that sound of his voice, the sound of him picking away on the guitar, right? Um, it just, it, for me, frankly, just he sticks in my head and I can't stop listening to, to the tune yeah. of the song right now. So yeah, yeah, certainly. Um, well, so, uh, so that was great. I mean, I actually, I've heard the song. I didn't actually know who he was and I heard the whole hullabaloo about him being used, uh, his song being used at the Republican debate. But, um, so something is moving internationally, I guess, away from, you know, national stuff. Uh, Oktoberfest is kicking off and, um, I was thinking like, we love Oktoberfest here, not necessarily maybe in the West coast, but in the East coast, Midwest, Oktoberfest is a big deal. Um, and, I don't know if you're, you know, if, if you already do this in your venues, but uh, think just how easy is it to, if you already got hot dogs, to add in some bratwurst, you've got beer taps or bottles of beer, bring in some, some, you know, pilsners or some other type of uh, German beer, um, and you know, a little dunkel or something like that, and just embrace Oktoberfest for the next two months. You know, maybe do it through the end of October, and then. Uh, and then go back and just have that seasonal menu. And, and I feel like we should be looking at seasonal opportunities more frequently, especially in our F&B menus. Mm-hmm. I agree. I agree. And I I'm, I swear, I swear I saw pumpkin spice beer the other day. <laughs> and I don't know who sells it, but it looked delicious. I want to try it. Yeah. Yeah. And I don't know if it's, I, so I know we have, there's a really famous uh, by Four Peaks out here in Arizona in Phoenix area. Mm-hmm. There's a pumpkin porter. Um, so I don't know, like, yeah, I'm not a big pumpkin guy, pumpkin fan. Mm. Uh, so like the whole pumpkin flavored thing, it just kind of gets lost on me, but, um, I hear the pumpkin porter is amazing and it's a a seasonal thing and and now we sells out like very quickly whenever it's anywhere. So yeah. um, Yeah. Well, so speaking of Germany, um, and Oktoberfest, uh, an amusement park in Germany, movie park, Germany is, uh, trying to combat food waste. And they're partnered with a program or an initiative called Too Good To Go. And I put it up here. It's toogoodtogo.com. And uh, so anybody can partner with them. So, so, you know, Movie Park just happened to. And what they do is they've got, a, they've got an app that you download. And then you can buy, basically, you prepay for a bag or a box at the end of the day of their excess food that they have. So you don't know what you're going to get. It's a mystery package. And so, for example, you know, one of the packs that you could get at their their bakery and pizza restaurant uh, at the movie park is for three three dollars and ninety nine cent year uh, in euros. The um, they get a bag with a chocolate cake, a cheese pretzel, a pretzel roll, a muffin, and a salami sandwich for four euros, basically. So you never know what you're going to get. It could be different every time, and it usually is different every time. Um, but it's a I, th- I thought it was a really cool way to reduce food waste if you're the type of venue that has to pre-cook or pre-prepare their meal, you know, or their, their food. 
right? So like a bakery, you have to just bake because you can't just like turn around and like produce a muffin like out of nowhere, right? You have to bake those in advance. And sometimes you don't know how many to bake and you do have excess food. So I thought this was a cool thing and anybody can partner with uh, these guys. So any venue and you can download the app and actually as consumers, you can download the app and find different places that actually have this offering as well. So um, I'm curious, does this app uh, take a fee for providing the service and get paid based on how many people are buying the food? Do you know how it works? I, I was trying to find that on on their website. And the only thing they had was like partner with us, uh, contact us. And so I wasn't, I mean, obviously I didn't yeah. do the contact, I couldn't go as far as contacting them. So I don't know if there's a fee or if they're a nonprofit and they they make their money some other way. I'm not exactly sure. Or they make it through donations. Um, that I wasn't able, they're a B corporation. Um, okay. so, so that means that they're, that, 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 that tells me that they're probably for profit, but that there's some sort of, um, you know, interesting revenue model and, you know, opportunity there, but they're a certified B corporation. I know that. Yeah. The, it's very tough to be a B corporation. Like there's so many things really that you have to check off. Like it's, it's insane. Yes. We, I looked yeah. at it one time for my yeah. last business. I'm like, I don't, I don't even know if I could pull that off right now. No, <laughs> I've looked at it before and, and definitely like we could, I can check all the boxes. And, you know, we're mm-hmm. a software company and you feel like you'd be able to, but no. Yeah. Right. Right. Oh, well, that's really interesting. I like that model and hopefully that works for them. It's one of those things that I feel like we should check back in in a few months and just see how it's going and see what the uptick is on that. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and you know, obviously be interested if anybody else has, has done something like that before, whether they've partnered with Too Good to Go or just mm-hmm. have done something like, what do you do with your excess food at the end of the day? I mean, a lot of places will take it to food kitchens and that kind of thing. Um, but uh, but this is an, is an interesting revenue opportunity with your, with your excess food and still reduce food waste. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, Absolutely. Um, Okay. Well, lastly today, (laughs) boy, we're going to run over here today, I think. Um, But we felt we just needed to really address the article that came out last week about entertainments and entertainments being in trouble. Um, And maybe we'll we'll, we'll see where this conversation goes. Um, And Brennan and I haven't had any conversation about this really yet. We just wanted to kind of like throw it down and see what happened instead of pre-talking about it. Um, But the article was really kind of saying that bowling and arcade are really old and they're kind of in trouble. Like Dave and Buster's, Bolero, Topgolf are all showing some pretty significant sales declines this year. And so I think the article was questioning, is that because of, you know, people just wanting to stay home more, the the post pandemic push to get out is kind of, you know, failing off, or is it actually because, you know, people are tired of bullying, they're tired of arcades, social entertainment was supposed to be the answer. And it's not really picking up the way they thought it was going to, Uh, the food just isn't quite at the level that people are expecting, or it's not enough to get them out of the house to actually get them into these facilities. Um, or they just need more immersive experiences or new things constantly to be getting them off that couch. Just curious, Brandon, what are you thinking around this? Yeah. I mean, I think generally this is, so like I have, um, I mean, other than the fact that I haven't probably set foot in a Dave and Buster's other than because of my job, um, or, you know, the industry I'm like, you know, obviously in love with, I haven't actually gone to a Dave and Buster's for just fun, um, ever. And, and I think, so, you know, I think part of that is one, I'm not a sports bar guy, so I don't go to sports bars to watch sports. I'm not a sports bar food guy. So like the food at Dave and Buster's isn't interesting to me. So I'm not going to go there for the food. And maybe it's because I get to play arcades for free anytime, all the time, you know, when I go on all these different things. So like the arcade experience is also like not interesting to me. And so maybe that's just me. Um, so I'm probably not a good, a good fit. But my issue in general, and and they're trying to fix this a little bit. So the article also covered the fact that they're adding in like some AR darts and some other locations, trying to right. add some more of that competitive socialization. Um, 
But my issue is just across the board in general, single attraction facilities like that rely on single attraction. If you don't have like some sort of really elevated food experience, just struggle. I think they're, or they're going to struggle at some point. This is my issue with most of the boleros or just bowling alleys in general. If you have a, a bowling alley and unless you're like driven by leagues, if you just have a bowling alley, a really shitty, like 10 or 15 game arcade, and then like shit mm-hmm. food and, and like Bud Light on tap. Like, why am I going there? Like, what's my motivation to go there? Especially when, okay, it's main event. Main event has its own issues, but I can take my kid to main event and go play laser tag and go to a ropes course and have a better arcade and still play bowling and do all those things and have better cocktail experience than the Bolero down the street. Why would I ever yeah. go to that Bolero? I think that's my issue is terrible ex- guest experience, single attraction versus multi-attraction and the repeat visitation is, is also an issue. And I think it's an issue. And anyway, anyway, so I'm, I'm sorry, I get out of a soapbox. You got me going. Um, so I'll stop. Cause I want to hear, I want to hear your thoughts, your yeah. thoughts too, obviously. So. Yeah. I, I mean, I, I agree with you. I have a few, I have three questions or three things here that I just will point out is one is have we done a bad job of training people to expect new stuff all the time? Like we're constantly innovating. We're constantly cutting mm. out with new stuff. So, you know, and the reason I bring this up is um, um when I look at our stats for um, the stuff that we're producing, one of our biggest uh, performing uh, podcasts was one that we did on chaos carts. And that was a pretty cool attraction. Like you have to admit the picture there. Mm. I mean, who Fucking wouldn't awesome. want to watch it? So I'm like, ah, the, people were really interested in that new evolving attraction. And I'm like, have we done this? Have we done a really bad job of just constantly innovating here and people are like hey we expect you to innovate now i'm going to come for that experience once but i'm not coming again until you put something new in so one is that an issue that we have and how do we solve for that at this point right um um, my second thought around this is we've innovated so much so many new things are coming out but we forget the customer service aspect of it and to me i I think this is the key i frankly think this is the key Mm -hmm. is that we do not give exceptional customer experiences anymore and we are just rushing 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 and we forget that we really have to include the guests in part of the experience we have to acknowledge them we have to train our staff better um we're coming out of covid we lost our social skills we lost how to touch base with human beings and actually have these human connections and i think that we need to resurface um or recircle back to providing what do we call it hospitality versus just customer service like we have to be more colorful about the way that we're doing this with people. I think that is key. Um, and then I guess the, you know, the last thing that I would probably say is a lot of these entertainment places that I see coming and popping up, I find that they're focused around, they focus on the food first and adding attractions in after. And I think that that is really the wrong model. I think that you have to look at it and, and I mean, we've talked about this before. I look at attractions and add food in. And then I'm, and then I'm starting to think now, maybe that's even the wrong model. Maybe it's how do you combine everything? So eating is part of the experience and it yeah. all makes sense, you know, and it, it what does that whole- look like going forward? Yeah, it needs to be holistic. You need to be thinking about the entire guest experience and how does your F&B play into your attraction mix? How does your attraction mix play into the F&B? And then how does that fit within your overall brand, your overall theme, your overall idea, right? So like, yeah, it absolutely does. The reason I disappeared there for a second, you're talking about hospitality and I just had to do a plug um, for uh, for Josh Liebman. Um, this is his book, right? The Hospitality Mentality. And uh, I don't actually know if it's out officially yet, but it's been, uh, but it's, it's been a great read already. And, uh, and so I just had to put that pitch out there and, um, you know, if you want to connect with Josh, he's on our discord. So connect with him and he's going to, and he's, uh, one of the, uh, moderators for the guest experience channel on our discord. Yeah. So, gosh, you know what, maybe we can connect with Josh and get some, uh, pre copies of that circulating before it comes out for our, our discord channel, uh, 
yeah. adjustments, like right? That. Hey, wouldn't that be I cool? Like that. Anyway, yeah. let's yeah. talk to him about that. Yeah. Okay. But do you know what? Let's, we've run long already. Thank you for sticking around with us, but you know, yeah. let's keep this conversation going on the LBX channel in our discord. Let's talk about it. Share your thoughts. We want to know what you think about this. And I, I think that this is going to be an ongoing conversation for a while. And we really kind of need to get to the bottom of where our things are headed right now. Yeah, absolutely. Yep. So, all right. Well, LBXers, this is, uh, yeah, it's just, it's yours, everyone. yeah, where's yours? I was like, where's this is CV and BW signing off. Uh, stay tuned and keep kicking ass. Ciao.